Welcome to the Serious Skeptic Podcast, a frank discussion about what it means to live as a skeptic in the closest thing to a theocracy in modern America. This is episode one, why I started this podcast. This is Serious Skeptic. So, yeah, I kind of wanted to open this podcast up and give a brief background of myself, and I think that will help you understand why why I wanted to start this podcast and where I, you know how I think this kind of fits into um, the skeptic community um, and specifically people who live in the Bible Belt. So, I have was raised in a fanatical, conservative, evangelical Christian home. Um, you know, I grew up in the Bible Belt. For those of you that don't know, that's kind of the, you know, the mid-south area of the United States where there's this, you know, predominantly white, very evangelical um, communities. And it really drives local government, even state governments. Um, and it has this huge influence over day-to-day lives of many people living there, especially those that live in rural areas. And that really describes me growing up. Um, I grew up in a very rural area um, in the Mid-South. And during that time, when I was a child, I spent a lot of time in church. Um, My father was a pastor. He pastored several different small Southern Baptist churches. Um, You know, the kind of the Baptist denomination of Christianity is very predominant in the area where I live. So, you know, as I was as I was growing up, as I was going to school, my parents kind of had this moment where they decided that it would be better if I were homeschooled. Um, they pulled me out of public school when I was in fifth grade at the end of primary school and began homeschooling me. Now, I, I truly believe they had my best interest at heart when they were doing that, but they did not do it because they felt that they could do a better job academically than public school did. They did it solely for the fact that they wanted to protect me from what they perceived was an imminent threat to my immortal soul if I continued to go to public school. Um, So from a school perspective, it was not about academics. It was about we want to do an hour of Bible study every day. We want to make sure that your science books are young earth creationist appropriate. So we had a Becca science books. And during that time, after I had been homeschooled for a few years, they learned about, my parents learned about a homeschool um, group that met in a town nearby. And this was a group of, you know, one to three hundred families, depending on which year, that met together once a week to basically do group classes. Um, Some of those were like group labs, tutoring assistants, language classes additional Bible study, um, you know, these were there, were, there were classes about how to study the Bible, specific types of Bible study, the accuracy of the Bible, science from a biblical perspective, and all this was combined together with, you know, at home I had, had these, like I said, these school books that went out of their way to present modern scientific accepted theory as false as a, you know, an attack upon the Word of God. And even my history books framed everything as, you know, God was guiding America into doing this and this. And it was God who 
helped Amer- you know, helped America establish itself as the great nation that it is today. I mean, it was it was blatant indoctrination. Now, my parents, you know, and I, I don't necessarily agree with them, but in their mind, I was very intelligent. I was intelligent enough that they did not actively teach me in, when I was homeschooled. Uh, they would give me my school books at the start of the year, administer tests, um, and that was about it. Everything else was up to me. I self-directed, self-taught myself. I would open up a school book, uh, read a chapter, do the questions at the end, and then once I got to the end of an, a module, I would tell my mother, and she would create a test for me or pull a test out of the book and administer it to me. Now, what that meant was that I, I developed a real you know, real passion or had real passions for certain things and not others, which affected me academically. Um, it hurt my ability to do math well. I didn't like math when I was in high school, so I didn't study it much. I did the bare minimum to get by and didn't really have the kind of oversight I needed to make sure that I was doing what I needed to do. But, you know, what this did do was really encourage me to kind of think outside the box, to study things at my own pace, and to, in, in some ways, pick apart what I was studying. So during this time, as I was going through this, this self-schooling um, mindset, there were things that I, I was really intrigued by, and science was one of them. Biology was one of them. And, you know, as I was looking, looking at this textbook, you know, I would get to a section on insects or on plants, and I would just I would read it over and over again because it fascinated me. Yeah, I wanted to learn, even though I really I did believe this, this evangelical, fanatical, young earth creationist um, indoctrination that was being fed to me, I, I was still completely fascinated, hooked on it. And, you know, as I was going through these books, there would be these, this, these science books specifically, there would be these big sections, several chapters, debunking Darwinism, debunking natural selection and evolution. And as I read those, I felt like, in addition to those these apologetics classes I was taking at the, the homeschool collective that we went to, I felt that you know, I could lead someone who had been blinded by the lies of science to Christ. I really believe that. To the point that I went to online forums and I started, you know, engaging with um, non-believers, engaging with, you know, skeptics, trying to convince them of the error of their ways. But the thing is, is that I found out really quick that I did not know as much as I thought I did. And that my arguments, while they seemed really good to me, did not impress these people I was engaging with. And so I started trying to learn better arguments. I started listening to debates and, and trying to find more information and really bolster my arguments up. And, you know, I would listen to, you started listening to, as I got older, you know, these, these podcasts, these videos on YouTube, really trying to hone and perfect my arguments because I, I in my head, if I could convince somebody else, therefore I had convinced myself too. You know, I was more right because of it. And this led to this kind of ever-escalating cycle of, you know, picking an argument, seeing it get debunked or having it debunked to me, and then trying to find a better argument or stronger argument, reading books on it. And I think that that that, that, that attitude, that that teaching I had for this these logical arguments and these apologetics classes are really kind of what helped guide me away away from that belief system now you know again i can't stress that how prevalent all this was in my home 
you know, and how strict it really was. Um, my parents believed in corporal punishment. You know, there, if I, if I was perceived as having slighted church or slighted religion in some way, my parents, my dad specifically, took this very personally. Um, you know, would get angry with me, would yell at me, would talk to me, you know, we'd pray together, he'd pray over my rebellion, he'd pray that, you know, lay hand, they would lay hands on me and pray for me. Um, and it wasn't just me, you know, it was, it was the people around me. It was these, these homeschool families that I was friends with. Every, everyone around me was part of the same cultural, uh, religious meme you know, for this, this evangelical, this young earth creationism, you know, my, my friends, all my friends believe this stuff. Most of them still believe this stuff. So, you know, when you, when you have all this, this support network, this structure, this design to keep you locked in, to keep you believing and focused. And, you know, if you start to slip away, people ask, well, why, you know, why weren't you at this volunteer event? Why weren't you doing this at church? You know, did you do your Bible study? Let's look at your workbook. That really creates this structure that's so difficult to break free from you know even someone who's actively wanting to it's hard to pull away and most people aren't actively wanting to they're comfortable and you know i'm, I'm talking a lot about the negative aspects of this culture but you know it really was it was all these people who thought just like you this homogenous group of people that believed and thought and you know felt exactly like you believed and thought and felt and you know that's almost like a narcotic it's it's, it's like a drug um, well, you know, we're, we're human. We crave that social interaction. We crave a tribe, a group to, to latch onto, to be a part of. So how did I go from that? You know, how did I get from there to here? From a evangelical, fanatical, young earth creationist to a skeptical non-believer? Well, what I was talking about earlier was really kind of the gear this this uh, this apologetics teaching this constant honing of arguments with non-believers you know when you listen to it when you start to hear it and really try to understand the arguments that people are making against your belief at least for me that prompted a change in me um you know i'll i'll, I'll be honest this is this is the the 100 this is the truth um as i was trying to learn these arguments i i was i read um a, a book about evolution because I was like, I'll, I'll read this and then I'll have that much more ammo in my quiver. You know, I'll be able to understand their argument better and therefore break it down. And I got to the end of the book and I realized that it resonated with me. It explained so much. Um, evolution by natural selection, you know, Darwinian evolution made sense in a way that creationism didn't to me then. So, you know, here I was suddenly realizing that this, this core aspect of my belief, um, young, earth creationism, young earth creationism, a six to 10,000 year old earth, a real true biblical flood, weren't real. It didn't happen. And, you know, but I didn't come to that realization and instantly stop believing in God. I came to that realization and said, okay, well... I now believe in a God who directed evolution. I now believe in an old earth. And I was okay with that for a little while. 
but then I started hearing arguments against that. Well, you know, why would God create man through this path of suffering? Good question. Maybe it's because he didn't. You know, and so these additional arguments, it gradually chipped away. I went from an old earth, um, you know, an old earth creationist, a God-guided evolution to, okay, well, I'm a deist. Uh, you know, I believe in the watchmaker God. He wound it up and turned it loose. And then I hear these arguments, well, if if the universe, you know, why do we, you know, Occam's razor, why do we need another explanation? Why do we need another step in this explanation of the universe? And, you know, that just gradually chipped away and wore me down to, you know, it was no one moment. It was no light bulb of Eureka, I'm no longer a believer. It was it was all these 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 little tweaks to my arguments, tweaks to my belief system. And to me that's what it takes to break down this these series of, you know, religious memes, this structure and scaffold that is designed to keep believers locked into it. Now while all this was going on, you know, while I was still kind of am I or aren't I I was starting a family. I had a daughter. And I realized as, as she was, you know, she was growing up, she was starting to, you know, talk and walk and learn all these things that I did not want to be my parents. I did not want to indoctrinate her. I didn't want to force a belief upon her. I wanted to give her the option to find a belief on her own. And so, you know, all that was kind of happening at the same time. And I realized I, I cannot call myself a, a Christian anymore. Um, you know, I can no longer say this is what I believe in. And that was a scary, scary realization. Um, because literally everyone I knew believed this thing that I no longer believed. So now that you've, you know a little bit more about my background, about where I came from, how I went from a believer to a non-believer, you know, how I became a skeptic, why, why did all that lead me to to desire to start this podcast. So, you know, one of the things that really kind of galvanized me that, that helped change my opinion was listening to the conversations um, on the internet, you know, having these debates, talking to people, learning about what other people thought. That really helped change my opinion. And, you know, without that, I would have, you know, and I still live in the same small town that I, you know, near where I grew up. Um, without those outside opinions, without the influence of the internet, without access to you know, those conversations, I would have likely never changed my opinion. I would have continued to be a believer, and I would have probably homeschooled my my daughter. I, I, you know, I would have continued to live in those those same that that same community in that same structure that I talked about previously. And so, you know, to me, the purpose of this podcast, it really has two functions. One, it's to talk about, you know, and kind of explore and discover what it's like to be a skeptic in the Bible Belt. What it's like to be a skeptic in rural America. You know, what are the resources out there that can help? Um, you know, what can we do in the local area to, you know, help promote humanism and secularism? Um, and how how that influences day-to-day life for people in a situ- similar situation as me. And the, the second part of this podcast is just to talk about, you know, some of the things that I find in- interesting and intriguing as they relate, relate to skepticism in America, uh, as they relate to skepticism in, you know, in politics, in, in uh, science, um, things, things that I find fascinating that I hope my listeners do too. And, you know, as, as we go on, hopefully as 
the listener base grows, um, you know, I would love to have, have calls with other people um, in, in similar situations and, and talk about it, let them share their stories. Um, and because I think that the more we share, the more we hear the stories of, of, of people who are living in the situation, who, you know, find themselves surrounded by a, a, a literal sea of people who have an opposing belief to theirs, you know, just, just knowing, hearing of other people in the same situation is helpful. So, you know, I, I hope you enjoyed this first episode, um, and I look forward to recording the next one. Thank you for listening to the Serious Skeptic Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this. Um, it's really a work in process, and I hope that as episodes go on, I have you know a little more structure and content for you guys. If you're interested in interacting with me, uh, shoot me a tweet at serious skeptic that's at s-r-s-s-k-e-p-t-i-c um, i'd be happy to have a conversation if you've got suggestions about things you would like to hear or have any comments about this episode i would love to engage with you please like and subscribe um, obviously i'd like to get the word out so if you enjoyed it just just let me know leave a comment um, help, help make this podcast move up the charts so that other people can view it and listen to it and again thank you so much for listening and uh I'll see you at the next episode.